we are pleased to have you listening to us this week. We have a lot to talk about today, but before we start, this is Ogechi, and I've got Lindsay and Chidera, my darling host. (laughs) Yeah, so ladies, we're going to be talking about Mary Magdalene today, and we're excited to her story. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, comment, like, share your stories, um, DM us with questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll be ready for you. Okay. So I will be handing it over to Lindsay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we are starting with Mary Magdalene and first place I want to take us is let's roll her out as Shadera does. I'm going to do the best I can, <laughs> but Shadera is good at this, but let's, let's roll. Oh, so yeah. Mary Magdalene, I feel like the first time you actually see her name reference um, as an intro to her, you see her mentioned in Matthew, but it's not to the end of Jesus' story. So the first place you really see her mentioned um, is actually in Luke 8, 1 and 2. Um, so check it out. Um, it basically is talking about Jesus and his disciples and his followers. And it then it lists three women's names, I believe, off the top of my head, um, where it basically says Mary of Magdala. Because technically Mary Magdalene, the only reason she was named Magdalene is because she was from Magdala, which was yeah. a little city and village around Galilee. Yeah. Um, so that was always interesting. And I always just thought her last name was Magdalene. <laughs> um, so there's a little tidbit for you. Um, but no, so like as you see her enter the story, it basically gives like a small, cl- she's basically only in verse two here, where it basically says, and many other women followed Jesus and ministered to him. And it basically lists Mary um, Magdalene, and she was like, basically she was delivered of seven demons, it says. Um, and then it goes on to list another lady's name. I want to say her name is Mary too, off the top of my head. Hold on, guys. I need Joanna. To Joanna, that's the other one. Yeah, Joanna. Um, and she too was like either healed or something like that. And then that's really all the descriptions you kind of get of her. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't get any other thing except for them referring to her name. Yeah. Um, so you see that she was a follower of Jesus right after that, that she followed and she ministered to Jesus through his ministry. Um, and as you see her kind of play out into the story in the other gospels, the only t- other references to her really are, when Mary Magdalene is named as one of the women who were at the foot of the cross. Yeah. And she was the first one that Jesus appeared to, which I feel like it's like, hello. Such an honor. She's the first one to preach the gospel people. I think we just need to just give her a little clap right here. Yeah. And then sadly nobody believed her, but that's, we'll go into that. Um, but really that's her, what I have rolled out across scriptures. You see her Luke eight is really where you kind of get an intro of where she came from and why she started coming into the picture. And then in Matthew, Mark and Luke towards the end of them, you basically see her at the foot of the cross and at the tomb, which I feel like plays a huge key role in her, uh, her name guys and who she is. Yeah. Yeah. I can, um, so it, it's interesting because while I did a little bit of study, um, Magdala was apparently not a great city. It was right. known for the best. <laughs> it was notorious for I don't know what. But, um, and the reason why I say that is because I think historically people have linked Mary Magdalene to the woman. And I think it's in Luke 7. 
yeah. a woman who breaks the ointment. And it yeah. describes her as a woman who it was a sinner. Um, yeah. But, you know, you study more and that has just been a misconception or just not mm-hmm. falsified information, really. Um, and I think we just want to make that clear that we do not know for certain if she's this woman, um, the sinner yeah. of a woman. She was definitely a woman who had money. Um, she was one of the women that Luke 8 talks about who provided for Je- for Jesus and his ministry yeah. Yeah. out of their own means. They were boss ladies. <laughs> That's right. You know, they probably owned their own businesses. It could have been textile or maybe uh, they had their own mini uh, outdoor market stand or something. Um, but yeah, that's her story. And it, it's, it's interesting. Like you said, it's three verses in chapter eight. And that's all we have of this woman other than um, just her devotion and her dedication and commitment to Jesus after she's delivered from seven demons. Um, and then I had to stop at that. I was like, she did not have one demon. She had seven. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. And compared to the other women that are listed, like Susanna and Joanna, uh, I'm assuming they probably didn't have as many as she did. Um, so you can imagine just the gratitude <laughs> uh, Mary probably yeah, has. Women because look, I've been delivered of seven demons. Um, and who knew what form those demons took um, and how they manifested yeah. in her life? It could be. I don't think she was throwing herself in the fire, but you know, it could have been anxiety. It could have been um, just suicidal thoughts. It could have been schizophrenia or whatever. Um, think mental issues. And it reminds me of, and let me not go into this now, but it really does remind me of some of the things that um, we deal with in our society in terms of mental health and other things. So yeah, her stories brief but her story is weighty powerful yeah. powerful yeah that's what I was very gonna say. powerful um yeah i told you girls mary magdalene always just i resonate with her so much um and for several reasons but i think if anyone has ever dealt with anxiety like i have or if anyone has ever dealt with depression like you said, suicidal thoughts, any sort of mental um, battle. And, you know, oftentimes you're the only one that knows how bad it is. And oftentimes um, you're fighting just to get out of bed every day, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So imagine having seven of these ailments, whether it's anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, Tourette's, whatever, um, it could be anything, but we know that it was seven and that's, that's powerful. Um, that means that this woman was completely in the dark. Yeah. Um, she did not know, she did not know light. Um, her life was just tragic and people probably treated her that way. Yeah. Um, you can imagine that, and you see it throughout history, women or anybody with any sort of disability, but women especially were, treated as trash when they had any sort of issue. Um, So imagine just being that badly broken 
um, knowing that you're the only one fighting this battle. No one seems to want to help you. No one can help you because maybe they can't understand what you're going through. You're, you're fighting voices all the time telling you this and that. Um, you're, you know, it's crippling. And then comes this light. Then comes uh, this guy. I mean, think about who Jesus was to her when um, she's probably been to doctors. She's probably been to um, exorcists. Um, she's, she's been through it all. Um, I don't know if she was close with her family or not, but, you know, you just put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Here comes this guy that says he can heal you. You've heard it all. Uh, you've tried it all. You've probably been scarred by it all. Um, and he takes it away in an instant. Yeah, that's right. And just yeah. like that, you have a whole new life. Yeah. You know, like. Come on. Yeah. A whole new life. Ladies, this is real you know this is jesus this is is, jesus who he is this is who he is and he wants to do it it just like ah my heart you know um and i i've seen it i've seen it in my own life i've seen that i've seen it you know with anxiety i've seen it and it it blew my mind then and it still blows my mind that yeah in an instant the dark clouds can go yes they can so Mary Magdalene, in her new light, like you said, had so much gratitude, so much gratitude. I mean, she wanted to know more. She wanted to be in his presence. She wanted to find out, how could I help you? Like, imagine what kind of devotion you now have to this person. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't even need to be a relationship that we we hear is you know, they, they called her a prostitute. It doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need to be sex. It doesn't need to be um, the fact that he's a man. He just healed you. <laughs> and yeah. very few people will understand that. Yeah. Um, so I love Mary Magdalene because she was like, no, no, no. I got to follow him. I've got to go where he's going. Um, she owed her entire life that's to it. him. That's it. She was like, look, my you delivered me because money could not help her we probably right? tried just, it she had money we remember she had money. out of her own wealth she supported him yeah yeah I think it's people this... from her and yeah i think she was like look you saved me you gave me and who knew when this whole thing started right who knew when she started experiencing these demonic attacks um and she's like thank you for giving me my life mm-hmm. back but it's so more than what I knew before Um, and I'm dedicated and that's what we're called to do right yeah that's what we are when when Jesus saves you you automatically it's like I'm committed to you I'm dedicated to you there's no turning back Um, I am wholeheartedly yours unfortunately that's not always the case because things happen we say life happens things come up yeah. And our commitment may waver a little bit, but that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to be all in. That's a highlight word. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's so we're supposed powerful because it's completely it. all in um to the mission and to just God, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I I also because I I get so like passionate about her story. Um I want to point out a couple of other things about Mary before we get into like 
yeah. what it actually means. Um, yeah. So she was so smart. Okay. This woman was brilliant. She understood Jesus's teaching so much that she was also known in some Bible studies and commentaries as the apostle to the apostles. Yeah. He had his 12 men. She was yeah. up there to Jesus. She was a close person in his circle. Um, she's there at the beginning. She's there at the end. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. very much um, in line with Jesus. She can keep up ladies. Like this woman is smart. Um, and just being seen as somebody that is threatening to men because Jesus trusts her so much with so much information. So I love that she's smart. I love that she's considered, um, you know, somebody that he could confide, confide in on an intellectual level. Um, she understood his teaching and she was the first to witness as a result. Like she understood who he was. Um, and I think God just continued to give her bigger levels of responsibility in this whole thing. I was just thinking how, when you just mentioned comparing her to the apostles, the 12, how all of them fled, right? Yeah. But why was it there were women at the foot of the cross? Yep. Okay, well, I think John was here, but just one guy and three women at the foot of the cross or two women at the foot of the cross, and she was one of them. Powerful. Um, yeah. And to see her again waiting waiting at the tomb. And I wonder, and it wasn't just because they were going to, you know, perform the final rites and just mm-hmm. embalming and all of that. But I, I want to, I want to assume that there was a level of expectancy. Um, like, okay, he did say X, Y, Z. Could it be true? Could yeah. it not be true? Um, or maybe she wasn't even thinking about that, but for someone, as you mentioned, who was smart, who was close to God, who was close to Jesus, who probably hung onto every word he spoke. Um, I want to assume that there was something in her that, that asked that question. Yeah. But again, assumptions there, not actually what was written in the word. So take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like the first thing that popped up to my, like every time I, as I was reading over her um, and just refreshing my mind was, First was loyal, like she was loyal through it all. Like she didn't run and hide. She was at the foot of the cross. She was Mm -hmm. the first person at the tomb with the other women. Yeah. Um, And she's the first person that Jesus appeared to. Um, So I don't know. She was loyal. Like she was a loyal servant because technically she was a servant of the and a follower. Yeah. I don't know. It just paints a perfect picture. Like I feel like in a chapter right after I was reading her. I was studying about pick up your cross and follow me. Like she was a true example of what it meant like to pick up your cross and literally follow me, like yeah, leave it all behind. And it was just the yeah. one encounter that she had with him that she literally said, no, I, this man is worth following. Like yeah. I, I put everything down. I'm following this man. Um, and it ended up forever changing her. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's that's who Jesus was. Like he forever changes you. Like she came broken, but she left satisfied. Like he satisfied every part and every need that she had. She left satisfied. And um, just as I was like praying and meditating of like, dad, how do you want us to show Mary? And the two words that literally kept popping up was she came broken, but she left satisfied. Yeah. Um, 
And I just feel like there's a lot of us that can relate to her, her story that we come broken or we feel like we can't even come because we are broken. We're in need of healing. We're in need of freedom. We're in need of deliverance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's saying, come mm-hmm. and you'll leave satisfied. Like he says that so throughout good. scripture, but I feel like there's a lot of us, especially women, like we, we feel like we're strong enough to carry it or we're strong enough. Sometimes we don't even want to voice our opinion. Like the yeah. more you were talking to Dara, it's just kind of reminded me of something I went through like three years ago and I feel like I'm supposed to share it. So there was a really dark season, like, um, the, and, and it's in my testimony in the books that I'm writing, but uh, it was really dark. Like I attack, I just listened to a lot of the lies. I'll, the enemy yeah. is really good at whispering lies and deceit. And it was those lies that I just kept hung, clinging to. And as I, he had that foothold of me listening to it, I kept to, speaking them over myself. And so, yeah the best way I can picture it is literally I listened to one lie and it led to multiple ones. And I literally just kept spiraling down. Like I'm, I'm not good enough or just all this stuff that I just kept listening to where um, I'm being punished for past decisions and past things that I did in the past. And it literally just left me in like this darkness. Um, And so there were many nights where I felt like as you were talking to Darren describing just maybe what she went through, like, yeah, I, I can recall that very clearly to the point, like I, Jace would hear me waking up screaming help most nights. Cause I couldn't get up. Like most of the time I was just being, um, yeah, I just couldn't get out of the darkness. Like multiple nights I felt like I was drowning in it, so to speak. Mm. Um, and I just remember what clearly one night, like after being like, I just call it torment. Cause technically that's what they were doing. They were tormenting me mm-hmm. or I was just being tormented in my mind. Um, I remember very clearly, like, and I, I feel like I could feel her story. It's like, it was that one encounter yeah. with Jesus when he said, get up or whatever yeah. he said, it doesn't say yeah. what he said to her. Yeah. But I remember my encounter with him. Like he was at it. Like I remember just in my dream at a picnic table and just seeing literally darkness all around me. Like, and it was a sunny day. So this is the weirdest part. <laughs> It's like, it was literally darkness swarming around me and I was at a table and I just felt like it would never end. Like I was never going to get out of it. Um, and it left me feeling overwhelmed and it left me feeling just heavy and just most days I would put a smile on my face and just go about my business. But inside I was just feeling, um, anxious, fearful would be the first two words that came, but just like, I couldn't, I felt like I don't get this. Like, why won't it go away? Um, but that one night and that was that one encounter that I had, like when she says that everything was changed at that moment, like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember the picnic table, he literally sat down at the picnic table and he, I heard my name. And the moment I heard my name, I turned and I saw his face and I am telling you that that moment forever marked me forever changed me. I saw him in a different light than I was taught in a Sunday school book. Mm-hmm. It was it was just like this light radiated off of him. It was like beams of light radiated off his face and his face, as he looked at me, like his eyes told a story. Like he didn't see shame. He didn't see mm-hmm. neglect. He, he didn't, he wasn't ashamed of me whatsoever. He, his eyes, li- I can still see him to this day. Like they literally spoke with compassion. Yeah. They had love in them. Like, so when he says that he can talk to sinners and they felt something different, it's because his eyes, guys, I can't tell you, like his eyes radiate with just compassion yeah. and love. He has no shame. Like you can come to him however you are. Like he sees you as and loves you. Like 
I couldn't shake that feeling. Like I, yeah, it forever marked me. Like I have never, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, yeah, but I, I can tell you that if you are like, feel like you are Mayor Magdalene, where you feel like you just can't break free or you just, just needed healing from the mindset or darkness. I mean, he literally is the light that steps into the darkness. Like there is no darkness near him or around him. And I'm telling you the moment that his, I, my eyes locked with his, that the darkness literally disappeared and Mm -hmm. they, they knew they had to, like it was gone. Um, yeah. And so that's what I, I don't know. Like, I feel what she says when she said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Like, there's something different about you. Like, I feel like that's my story in the last couple of years. It's like, okay, I'll do whatever you tell me, whatever you tell me to speak. I'll speak it. Yeah. You might have to pull me out of my comfort zone, but I know that you're there. And I know that you have never left me. You've gone before me, you're behind me and you're all around me. And that I know that every time I have obeyed and every time I have spoken or anytime I've followed like every time I step forward, I, I'm always satisfied with what happens. Mm. Like he, there's something that he satisfies within your yeah. soul and your spirit. Yeah. Like you yeah. can't go back. I'm sorry. Like if there's like <laughs> one step forward and you can't go backwards because once you start yeah. seeing more of who he truly is, yeah. like you, you can't go back guys. It's yeah. like, I don't want to call it an addiction, but it's like, it's better than enough. addiction. It's better than it's literally <laughs> like you're on a treasure hunt and you found like the diamond and there's more diamonds and you just you keep going forward to get more. Like <laughs> I don't know how to put it in natural terms. But, but honestly, so- this this is what and I, I'm sorry to cut you off because I know we could go <laughs> on with that, but um this is what we are all invited into. It's called the light of right. the presence, right? It's like if you if you understand what it means to be in the presence of Jesus, it's every good thing that you yeah. could possibly feel. Um, and what that simply means, Mary Magdalene's story shows us what that simply means is that he is the savior. He is yes. our savior from whatever yep. darkness is plaguing us. Yeah, that is right. what we're supposed to get from this story. It's that it's not by our own strength. It's not by our own will. Yeah. It's not by our wealth. Cause she yeah. had money, but she still had them demons. Didn't she? So yeah. it's not by anything that this world can give you. It's not by any doctors. It's not nothing. Mary Magdalene didn't have anything except for him. Yeah. That's right. And that's all it takes. And that's the yeah. best part is that that's all it takes. You just come to him and, and leave it all at his feet and he takes it away. And, you know, in practical terms, like we said, feel free to DM us or call or whatever medium you need to get to us, please do, because we can explain it further. And each of us, we have these testimonies. Um, We each have stories of just deep encounters, um, real encounters, um, just constant satisfaction in being where we are. And I I say that boldly. Um, Yeah. All I want from this story i don't know if you guys have anything else about her i feel like we've covered so much of the um importance of mary magdalene's story it is jesus it is that that's what you want but one thing i will say about mary magdalene's um role at the crucifixion um and her ability to watch it all um, yeah i wonder sometimes what that was like have you ever thought about that 
Yeah, actually, I've, I've thought about it not with her, but with Jesus's His mom. mom. Right. Yeah. Standing there, and you know, Jesus looks down and says, um, "Woman, behold your son." Talking to John. John, behold your your mother. Right. And it's like, my goodness. And again, I'm sorry for us going into Mary, but she's the one that I think about. Like, what was going on in her mind? Right. She's probably replay everything she had been told right from when the angel visited her to you know the the shepherds and all of that just the sequence of events and she's like oh my gosh this is where it culminates this is the end of it um and i can imagine that mary magdalene was had just a little bit of that as well because his teachings are probably replaying in her head as well like oh that's what he meant that he was going to die. Oh, that's what he meant by, you know, whatever else that he, he'd said to them. Um, but just the agony though, of watching someone you love hanging on a cross. And he, it wasn't yeah. like hanging on a cross was something beautiful. It was, he was torn apart. Yeah. You know, he was bruised beyond recognition, blood everywhere. And they watched that. Um, yeah. So the strength the strength to be able to do that, um, it's going to have to come from God because I don't think I would have passed out. <laughs> Just I would have passed out, ran away, come back, ran away again. Um, but it's I don't want to say that it's an admirable quality that she's able to stand there. But yeah. that speaks again to her loyal her loyalty and commitment and dedication to this man who gave her everything and to her yeah. healing. Like yeah. it went from emotional damage to emotional strength, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, that sense of duty um, and, and loyalty to, to see it until the very end. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's, I'll stand the heart is also right there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely a strong woman. Definitely seen a lot in her life, felt a lot um, from people. Mary Magdalene is a fierce, fierce woman. 